Well, hello everyone and welcome to Gospel Community Providence. We are a small community of Jesus followers in Providence, Rhode Island. Our goal in life is to be the family of God, redeemed and transformed by Jesus, living out God's mission in our culture. You're listening to content created specifically for our church community, and the thoughts and teachings that you'll find here come from a study of the Bible that is informed by some of the best thinkers and followers of Jesus today and throughout church history. Just a heads up, you may hear a variety of voices and distractions and noises in the background. This is because we are a church of families with real lives full of children, noise, and interruptions. We celebrate these noises, however, because they remind us that real life is not a perfectly curated moment, but is full of opportunities to worship Jesus through the messy, unflattering, and mundane. In addition to this, you may hear the voices and comments of various audience members throughout the teaching. While this often causes our time to go a little long, it also deepens and enriches our time together as we discuss what we are learning and reflect on how to live it out. So bear with us. We are not professionals, but we are imperfect people who love and serve a perfect God. Let's go. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Amen. Uh, so normally, guys, you know, my when I teach, I like to teach for usually between, you know, 35 and 45 Ish minutes. Uh, today, my goal is to shorten that a little bit. I'm going to try to make it uh, a a 38 minute sermon, just so uh, for the sake of time, you know, we have uh, you know, some time to rest with our families this Sunday morning. I'm just kidding. It's even shorter than that, I promise. Um, for those of you that know me and Brittany well, you know that we love to watch our sitcoms. Okay, do you guys remember? Um, not even remembered. Uh, we we love we have a, a rotation that we like to go through, but in particular, two of our favorites are uh, Parks and Rec and uh, The Office. Uh, we we try to be going through them regularly, just because they're they're great background shows, right? You can be doing something, working in the house, and uh, and just have uh, it playing in the background. Um, they're good, you know. They're twenty minute episodes, so you're not really invested or committing too much time in them. Um, and most importantly, they're funny, right? They're lighthearted. They whatever's going on in life, whatever challenges or difficulties you went through, it's just good to laugh, uh, especially uh, when life is hard. Um, and every now and then, you have to really pay attention to these. But every now and then, in these sitcoms, there are these little nuggets of truth that you're like, that is deeper than I expected that to be in a 20 minute episode, right? There is some truth behind that that is, uh, let's be honest, it's, it's God's truth, right? God is uh, uh, is the owner of truth. He is the giver of truth. And so when we see truth somewhere else, uh, we are reminded that all truth is God's truth. Um, and so if, you, if, you're not, if you're not paying attention to these little moments, uh, you'll breeze right by them because they're just funny, you know, little snippets, or whatever. But uh, you you just miss the opportunity to really process through what is that truth that is being communicated to me right now. Um, one such moment comes to me uh, at the end of the office, 
right. Do you guys remember? Uh, I, I see you waving, Sela. Hi there. <laughs> do you remember uh, if you've watched The Office through? Uh, do you guys remember uh, Andy Bernard? Right. He is a character that kind of grows on you over the course of the show. Uh, you know, he grew up in a privileged family. He was uh, wealthy. Uh, he was a Cornell grad, right? So uh, he, you know, rides that uh, that train hard. Uh, Cornell this, Cornell that. Uh, throughout the show, he's always trying to prove himself. Right? He's trying to prove himself as a son, trying to prove himself as a boss, as a coworker, as a boyfriend. He's always trying to prove himself. Uh, and so you get to see some of his quirks kind of developing over the course of the entire show. And um, one of his quirks, if you've seen the show, is this tendency uh, to keep looking back. Right? He's always looking back to the good old days somewhere else. Right? The, the good old days growing up, the good old days in college, the good old days at his other job or whatever. Uh, whatever it was. And so uh, throughout the entire show, it's back in the day this, back in the day that. And he's always trying to relive those glory days. Um, but towards the end of the show, there is a moment where uh, Andy Bernard has a realization. Right? He, he makes a quote that is probably way more deeply profound than even he realizes. Right? And the quote goes like this. It's in the last episode, he says this. He says, I wish there was a way to know that you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. Right? I wish there was a way to know that you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. And there is some depth to that statement. Right? The good old days are always something that's behind me and we've always failed to realize that we're living in them right now, right? These are the good old days. As we're rapidly approaching the end of 2020, I want us to be careful not to fall into one of two traps at a time like this, okay? Uh, trap one is looking back uh, with nostalgia at the good old days like Andy Bernard. Right? Remember the good old days in 2019 when we could go to movie theaters? Right? When we could hang out with our friends without worrying about anything? Where we can give each other hugs without like spreading death? Um, right? The good old days. So one of the traps is that we always tend to look back with nostalgia. The second trap is looking forward with naivety. Right? Sometimes we get stuck looking back with nostalgia. Sometimes we get stuck looking forward with naivety. All right, you've heard this. You've probably even thought this yourself. Oh, 2020 is over, right? 2021 is going to be so much better, right? I can't wait to, to, until 2021 starts and uh, it's going to be so great. It's going to be completely different, right? The, the, we've got the vaccine now. Everything's going to be great. As soon as the clock strikes midnight on 2020, like it's all of a sudden, all of our problems are going to go away. We're looking forward with naivety, right? We're being naive about what is coming. Uh, the scriptures do teach us to remember the past, and they do encourage us to look forward to the future with hope, but they also teach us to redeem the present, right? To redeem the present. 
Uh, that's what Ephesians 5 is talking about, that, uh, that Greg read just a few minutes ago. Uh, throughout the book of Ephesians, Paul is uh, trying to teach the Ephesian church what it means to live a life worthy of their calling. Right? And he says this. I'm going to read this again for us. Ephesians 5, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God in, uh, the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ." Right As he's talking about living a life worthy of their calling, Paul gives us three characteristics of what that person looks like. And there, there's these three uh, not but statements, right? Not this, but that. Not this, but that. Not this, but that. Well, let's look at those three things real quick. Uh, the first statement is this. Live as, not as those who are unwise, but as those who are wise. In other words, be careful how you walk, right? If you're new to the scriptures, we're not talking about your physical walk, although this sort of is an analogy that makes sense, right? When you're walking around, you want to be careful where you're stepping. You want to be careful uh, what you are, uh, what you're what's around you as you're walking so you don't trip and fall down. Um, and so Paul is inviting the church to, uh, to make sure that they are not aimless and reckless. He wants them to take confident and intentional steps in life. And this word carefully, when he says walk carefully, it literally means accurately, precisely, or just with close attention. Right? The invitation for people who are living a life worthy of their calling is to be intentional about how they walk through life. It's an invitation to intentionality. Right? Don't be unwise, but be wise. Number two, he says, don't be foolish, not foolish, but with understanding. Right? Make the best use of your time. Don't be fools, but be understanding, right? Uh, people who are not fools but understanding, they recognize that time is a gift from the Lord, right? Not everything is work, not everything is play, right? And they recognize that there is a tendency in our world towards evil as a result of the, the curse of sin, right? If you do not redeem the time, if you do not make the best use of your time, uh, a, a cursed and sinful world will certainly make use of that time for you. Okay? Uh, the Greek here literally means to buy up every opportunity. Like an investor. Right? The stock market's down. I'm going to buy up as much as I can because it is a wise time to invest. Right? So Paul is inviting the church to make the best use of their time. So someone who is uh, living a life worthy of their calling is intentional about the way they walk through life, and they're intentional about how they use their time. All right? And then the third not-but statement is this. Do not be drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. All right? And the, the invitation here is to understand the will of the Lord. Okay? What does drunkenness have to do with any of this? All right? What, like it's kind of just, it just kind of comes out of the blue. 
right? I think what Paul is communicating here is this idea of control, okay? What is in control of my life? When somebody is drunk, they are not in control of their own life, right? They say things they would not normally say. They do things they would not normally do. Uh, and as a result of this, many lives are ruined, right? When someone is habitually and continually drunk, they become addicted to alcohol. They literally become slaves to it. They are controlled by the very thing that they thought they are they were in control of. And so Paul is inviting people, his church to consider, what is it that's controlling you? Right? You, we should not be controlled by something that is outside of us. Paul invites us to be controlled by something that is inside of us. What is that? The Holy Spirit. Right? The Holy Spirit needs to be in control of our lives. And so he invites us to be intentional about the way we walk through life, to be intentional about how we use our time, and to be intentional about what we allow to control us. And then he goes on to list four things. Right? When he talks about being filled with the Spirit, uh, being controlled by the Spirit, he describes four ways in which this is manifest, four ways in which this is played out in our everyday lives. Right? The four things are this. He tells people that people who are filled with the Spirit are people who, sing song, who, who share psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with one another. They are people who sing and make melody to the Lord together. They are people who give thanks always and for everything in Jesus' name. And they are people who submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. If you are filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit, these four things will be the manifestation of that. All right? Sharing scripture with one another. Singing songs to the Lord with one another. Giving thanks in every circumstance and for everything with one another and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. In case you missed it, right, these are the four things that we typically try to do on our Sunday gatherings. Right, we try to fill our Sunday gatherings with these things that, are, uh, that make up, uh, that are the manifestations of the filling of the Spirit. Right, here's what this means for you and me, and we're going to wrap this up and, and land the plane right now, okay? Uh, as we wrap up a difficult year, right, instead of lamenting the bygone good old days, and instead of naively looking to 2021 as if it's going to magically fix all of our problems, right, I want to invite you to instead choose to do three things, right? I want you to practice at some point in the next couple of days, maybe with a journal and pen, uh, maybe it's just in a time of prayer, maybe it's with your spouse or a friend, uh, just practice looking back at 2020 with a heart of thanksgiving, right? What are the many things that I can list and say, Jesus, thank you for this, right? If you're, uh, has anyone ever uh, heard of Corey Ten Boom? You guys know that story of Corey Ten Boom? Uh, she was a she and her family were a, uh, a part of um, basically this movement of folks that were that were trying to rescue uh, Jewish people from was it Poland? I can't remember where it was. Um, 
uh, during World War II, right? They were a part of this underground system that was trying to hide and rescue Jews that were being persecuted and imprisoned. And at one point, she actually gets arrested and she gets sent to a concentration camp and she recounts, uh, she survived this, so she recounts her experience in this concentration camp over the course of the many years that she was there. And at one point in this story, I was struck by this statement uh, she was living in an all-women's housing unit, and if you've seen the pictures, they are not pleasant places to live. And she was She was convicted by the Holy Spirit that she needed to practice thanksgiving, practice gratitude. And so she was uh, with her sister, uh, who was with her, she was practicing, what are we thankful for? What are we thankful for? And her sister says, I'm thankful for the fleas. Okay, uh, their particular housing unit had a flea infestation. Right there, would fleas everywhere, itching all over the place. It was not comfortable, and so she was wrestling. So, like, how can I be thankful for the fleas? Uh, and over the course of a, a period of time, she's wrestling with this. How do I thank Jesus for the fleas? It's, there's nothing to be grateful for as a result of these fleas. Um, and at, at one point, she realized that. Uh, because of the fleas that had infested this particular housing unit, none of the guards were coming in and out of their building. They were too scared of the fleas. As a result, their little housing unit was, uh, it became a little sanctuary. They literally would have Sunday gathering, worship services, daily prayer services, scripture reading services in this housing unit that was an encouragement and a challenge to the entire housing unit. Uh, and they weren't stopped because none of the guards knew what was going on because they, were, they, were, they didn't want to enter the room because of the fleas, right? What does it mean for us to be thankful even for the difficulties of 2020? Right? Practice looking back with hearts of thanksgiving. Number two, I want you to ask yourself, man, how do I make the best use of my time? Right? Maybe you need to review some of the habits and patterns that you've been living by in 2020 and ask yourself, how do, I, how do I redeem this time? How do I make the best use of this time? Is there a habit that I need to end or is there a habit that I need to start uh, in order to make the best use of my time? Right? And number three, I want us to practice living as those filled with the Spirit. Right? Practice Continue to continue the practice of sharing scripture with one another, sharing songs with one another, psalms with one another, things, anything that can point me to Jesus, anything that can point one another to Jesus, I want to invite you to consider sharing that. Maybe that's at a gospel community night. Maybe that's on a Sunday morning. Be a regular person who a person who regularly shares those scriptures. Uh, maybe um, being filled with the Spirit means uh, singing passionately and, and 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 regularly with one another. All right. So when we gather together, uh, I want to encourage you: don't just be a participant, uh, or rather an, an an observer, but be a participant. All right. Don't just watch other people sing. Uh, but sing along. You might think you don't have a, a good voice for it. That's okay. Sing along anyway. Right? Practice being passionate and regular uh, participants in our worship and our singing. Um, practice uh, living in a constant state of thanksgiving. And practice submitting to one another. Right? This, I believe, is how we close the door on 2020 well. 
and how we step into 2021 full of faith, confidence, and hope. All right? Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and, uh, and we'll wrap up our gathering together. Lord Jesus, uh, 2020 was hard. There's no promise that 2021 is going to be easier. Uh, but we are not defined by the circumstances that surround us. Uh, Jesus, you invite us to, to, to rise above our circumstances, to have hope and joy and peace and love despite our circumstances. That is the message of Advent, message of Christmas, is that our, our circumstances don't define these things for us. This morning, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to recognize um, your hand in 2020. Help us to recognize the ways that we need to redeem our time in 2021. To make the most use of our time. To live as if today is the good old days. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.